All right, Jabo, say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. Shout out to sponsors for the month of Kislev, Josh and Becca Friedman, in honor of the art site of Josh's father, Yisrael Yehuda, Ben Arav Chaim, Rafael, Zichron Livracha, as well as for an aliyah for the Rishamas of all of those who were murdered at Kiddush Hashem, on Shmini Yatzeres, a safe return of all of our hostages and chayalim, and the full and complete and total refuah shalim for all of those who were injured. Sami Amalka Esterson, in memory of their parents, Hinda Mas Henech Ephraim, Yitzchak Leib Ben Aaron HaKohen, and Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram. The Pepper family, in memory of their brother and uncle, Yosef Pepper, Yosef David Ben Yaakov. And our week of learning sponsors, Dr. Ed and Faith Wolf, in honor of the marriage of their children, Gideon and Molly. Our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Shani Topper and family, in commemoration of the Arsite of Shani's father, Josh Gutman, Yoshua Ben Yitzchak, Zichron Livracha, and of course we dedicate our entire Mesechus Baba Kama, Le'ili Nishmas Master Sergeant Elio Michal Harush, who died on Kiddush Hashem in the, by the firefight in the police station in Sderot. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah, all of the families in Chama. And of course, today, uh, an overwhelming day for Klav Yisrael with Emir Hashem, the release of the first of the 13 hostages. We hope that Emir Hashem, they will be Zochet to be reunited, at least with their people, with their land, with their family. Emir Hashem, Bikarov. All right, Debo said, let us, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem, a really great daf ahead of us. Okay, we are beginning, today's daf is Chaf Beis, 22, but we are picking up Emirat Hashem on 21b at the Mishnah. So a really great Mishnah. The Mishnah says as follows, HaKelev Vahagidi. So you have a dog and a goat. A dog and a goat, Shekav Tzumei Rosh Hagag, who jumped off the roof. So they're situated on the roof, they jump off the roof, Veshavu HaSakhelev. And when they come down, they land on utensils and they break the utensils. So what's Talacha? Veshalim Nezek Shalim. Ultimately, again, they pay full damages. They pay full damages. Now, this is another example of regal. That, that's the pashtos, right? It's, it's not shame. It's not shame because there's no hana. And it's not karen because remember, again, there's not an intention to damage over here. So, the pashtos, we have, what we have over here is another case of regal. So, let's remember again, because remember, regal is muad from the beginning. Good. So the Gemara says, "Hakelav shenatol charar." We actually saw this case before. I'm sorry. Shlaim nezik shlaim meishem muadin. So ultimately, they pay full damages because again, they are muad because regal is fully obligated from the beginning. Good. Next, hakelav shenatol charar. If you have a dog that took a charar, is a biscuit. A biscuit. And what happens? Vahalach legadish took the biscuit to a field. Now, again, the unwritten part of the Mishnah, which we actually started before was what? There's a coal, there's a coal attached to the bottom of the biscuit. So now the dog took the biscuit, took it to a field. So j- just to illustrate this. So Ruvain, Ruvain's dog took the biscuit with the coal on the bottom, goes to Shimon's field, eats the, places the biscuit down on a pile of wheat. Pile of wheat. And then what happens? Obviously, eats the biscuit, eats the biscuit, but the coal causes a fire. So what's the halacha? The halacha is, so Achal HaKarari, dog ate the biscuit, the Hidlik HaGadish, and ignited, the, ignited the, the haystack, or the field. So what's the halacha? Allah HaKarari Mishalim Nezek Shalim. For the biscuit, you pay full damages. Why? What's the consumption of the biscuit is? Shame. Right? Biscuit, consumption of the biscuit is Hana. 
right? He's eating the biscuit. That's called shame, right? So therefore, you pay full damages, full damages for the biscuit. And ultimately, again, for the field, you'll pay half damages. Now, let's say now, now what's, now what's that? What's, what's the field case? So again, we're going to see, there's really two possibilities. Possibility one is, it's Karen. And Karen Tam pays Chatzinezer. The other possibility we'll see is maybe, maybe depending on how we construct it, it's a case of Tsroros. And Tsroros is also going to be Chatzinezer. Okay, so let's analyze. So we'll say, let's start first with the first case in the Mishnah. Gemara says, Taima de Kavtsu. Now here's what's interesting. So case number one in the Mishnah was, you have a dog, you have a goat, and they're jumping off the roof. They land on utensils. They break the utensils. What's talacha? Nezek shalim. Complete damages. Why? We call that regal. We call that regal. So the Gemara says, time of the kafzu. The reason ultimately why they're chayv is because they jumped. Hanaflu. What happens if the animals didn't jump around? They fell off the roof. They fell off the roof. So my dog is on a roof. My dog is on a roof, right? And it falls off and it lands on Ruben's utensils. So I will say, it sounds like a Mishnah. I'd be potter. And Potter. Now, what do you see from there? Alma Kasar is fascinating. Potter. is fascinating. What you see from here is as follows: that when you begin, when you begin a continuum of events with negligence, but ultimately again the negligence results in an onus in an extenuating circumstance. You're Potter. Let me illustrate this. Should my dog be on a roof? Should my dog be on a roof? No. No, my dog shouldn't be on a roof. My goat shouldn't be on a roof because dogs jump, right? Goats jump and they can land on stuff and break it. So the act of allowing my dog or my goat on the roof is an act of pshia. That of, I'm, a push, I'm negligent. Now my dog is up there. But then my dog fell off and landed on the, didn't jump, it fell off. That's an onus, that's an extenuating circumstance. So you can infer from the Mishnah, so remember again, what we're making an inference over here. The Mishnah tells me that if my dog or my goat was on the roof and they jumped off and landed on the and broke the utensils, I'm chayiv. That's regal. Regal means it's a normative act. I'm chayiv because it's normal. I can infer from that that if my dog was on the roof and fell off the roof and fell on utensils, I'd be putter. So what do you see from that? That's a case of what we call tchilasa b'pshia, the sofa ba'onis. You start with negligence, but ultimately, again, you end, you end with extenuating circumstances. That's your potter. Tain Amiyachir writes that supports this. Hakelev v'hagidi shekaf tumerosh hagag. If you have a dog or a goat which jumped from the top of the from the top of the roof, v'sharos hakelev, and they landed and they broke utensils, mishalim nezek shalim. Ultimately, again, they pay complete damages. Naflu. However, if the dog or the goat fell off the roof and landed on utensils and broke the utensils. Then Pturin. So we'll say here the Bryce says it explicitly. We were just inferring it from the Mishnah, and here the Bryce literally says it explicitly. Says the Gemara, Hani Chalaman Da'amar, Tchilasub Sheva Safa Ba'onis Pata. That's fine according to the opinion that says that we'll say when you begin an act, ultimately again with negligence, and it results in extenuating circumstances that's your Pata. Alaman Da'amar Chayiv Ma'iklamimar, Rabbosabit, there's another school of thought. The other school of thought says, if you're negligent, if you're negligent, you're responsible for whatever happens. In other words, the fact that you, the fact that now there's an extenuating circumstance that occurred, that doesn't free you from liability. Why not? Why not? Why not? You started this. In other words, once, once you, once you do something negligent that you should not be doing, obviously it's negligent, you should be doing it. Once you're negligent, 
then you're responsible for whatever comes from that. So Rebbe said, this concept is a machlokes in halacha. So what do we say in the case of when you are negligent, but your negligent act only results in damage because of an unavoidable mishap. Fascinating, right? Fascinating combination. So this is machlokes. So the Gemara says, according to the opinion that says is potter, so then our Mishnah really makes a lot of sense. The Raisa makes a lot of sense. What about according to the opinion that says is chayif, is chayif. What do you do now? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you what the case is. Kigon, the Mekarvi Kalin Lagabi Kosel. The case of Rabosai is that I allowed my dog on top of the roof, but Ruvain moved his utensils very close to the wall. Meaning what? The Chikafzi, the Chikafzi, lo nafli alayhu. So I will say, it's a case ultimately again where the, you know, when, when you jump, when you jump, there's an arc, right? So in other words, if I have my dog on the, on the roof, all right, let me see it differently. If Ruben's utensils are flush against the wall and my dog is on the roof, there's no pshia from the beginning, right? Why? Why? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's no way my dog could have broken those utensils. Because if, even if my dog jumps, jumps off, which is normal, it would have automatically missed the utensils. So therefore, again, when my dog subsequently falls off the roof, right, and breaks the utensils, that's fully ones. There's no trilosal b'pshia. There's no negligent beginning because I wasn't negligent. I only allowed my dog up there because at the end of the day, Ruvain's utensils were fully out of harm's way. Very interesting. So therefore, again, so what we see over here is something very interesting that the machlokis of when you, when you act negligently, but then ultimately an unavoidable mishap occurs, are you chayiv for the resulting damage or not? So that is a machlokis. That is Machlokas. So we'll say, so now the Gemara says as follows. You know, there could be cases where sometimes even if your dog, even if your dog, um, even if your dog falls off, that ultimately, again, you would be chayed. I will say, I just want to point out, how do we paskin? We paskin, That's how we paskin. So if you do something negligent, and then afterwards, there's an unavoidable mishap. In other words, doing something negligent means I set up negligent circumstances. I didn't do anything. In other words, I haven't caused damage. But I, I set up negligent circumstances. And then an unavoidable mishap occurs, which causes the damage. I am liable. So, for example, in this case over here, in this case over here, I allowed my dog on the roof. Allowing my dog on the roof, that's negligent. That's negligent. Right? Then what happens? My dog falls off the roof. Right? Falls off the roof. That's ones. Right? That's an extenuating, unavoidable mishap. And now my dog lands on Ruvain's utensils and breaks them. I am chayef. I am chayef. Which I will say is such an incredible episode in halacha and in hashkafa. In halacha, in halacha falls under the umbrella of Adam of the Olam. A person is responsible for all of his actions. In Ashkafa, it falls under the umbrella of Adam Muadli Olam. A person is responsible for all of his actions. And we'll say, you know, sometimes stuff happens in life, and we're like, oh, you know, not my fault, right? As we like to say, not me, right? Not me, right? Not my fault. I, 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 I had no idea. I, 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 I didn't know. 
And sometimes we will say there are circumstances like that of ones of just under. But I will say, but sometimes in life, when I get myself into trouble and I make significant mistakes, it's because I allowed myself to be in certain situations. I allowed myself to be with certain people. I actively made certain poor decisions. So often in life, it's tchilasogakshia. I was negligent with how I'm living. Okay, now an ones happened, extenuating circumstance happened afterwards. You're right. There's an ones now. But how did you get into this ones in the beginning? How did you get here? Why are you in this situation to begin with? And often it's because tchilasogakshia. Because I made some very poor decisions. I made some very poor life choices or lifestyle choices in the beginning. And that set me up ultimately again for the resulting ones. So I'm supposed to be asking both Bahalocha and Bahashkafa that one is Chayiv. I'm Rav Zid Mishmid Rav. Rav Zid's the name of Rav. Sometimes even if the dog falls off the roof, you could be Chayiv. When I'm say, the Gemara says, Mishkachasla Ultimately, again, when can you have it? You could have it in a rickety wall. In other words, if I allow my dog to go up on a rickety wall, so what's, what's wrong with the rickety wall? So what do I have to be concerned with? On a rickety wall, so maybe if my dog goes up on it, then again, a brick is going to fall off the wall and, and fall down and damage. Okay. So, 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 one second, but that, never, that didn't happen in this case. What happened in this case? The brick didn't fall off. What fell off? What fell off? My dog. Sigmar says, It's a case of Then I will say, again, what are we talking about? A narrow wall. In a narrow wall, I will say, in a narrow wall, so ultimately, again, even if the dog falls off, I'm going to be chayiv. Why? Because I will say, that's not, that's not ones anymore. Right? In other words, if I put my dog on a narrow wall, so then again, the probability is that the dog is going to fall off. So it's no longer sofa ba'ones. That's, it's not an extenuating circumstance means I couldn't have planned for this occurrence. Or it's not, it's not within the real, realistic possibility that this is going to occur. You put your dog on a narrow wall, you put a goat on a narrow wall, that's not even so for ba'ones, it's going to fall off. Okay. Mark Goodfight, turn around, on. Hakelavagadi, so I'll say another case. Hakelavagadi, Shedalgu, Mimatalamala, Pturin. So I'll say if you have a dog or a, or, or a goat who jump, Mimatalamala, from the ground, to the top, from the ground to the top. So the Gemara says, "Pturin." The halacha is ultimately again their part. Rabbi now take a look at Rashi. It's three lines are from the bottom. Milamata lemala pturin minezek shalim v'chayiv v'chatsi nezek dimishunim. So we'll say. So apparently, it is uncommon for a dog or for a goat to jump from the ground to the top. So in other words, we're talking about a case over here where let's say, let's say again, they jump from ground level, uh, you know, onto the top of a terrace, right? A, a lower terrace. And they break utensils on the terrace. So the Gemara says, ultimately, again, you're putter. Now, putter over here means you're putter from complete damages, but chayib bin chatzinezek. Meaning what? Meaning what? Ultimately, again, it's going to be Karen. It's going to be Karen. So again, that, that's considered to be abnormal jumping from the ground to the upper level. Okay. But if the dog or the goat jump from a higher level to a lower level, as we just saw before, chayavim. Ultimately, again, and they break something. I was supposed to say, all these cases are breakage. Right? So now if it jumps from the roof to the ground and breaks the utensils, they're chayiv. That's what we saw in the Mishnah. What is that? That's going to be called regal. Okay. Adam v'tarnagol, however, a person or a chicken, shedal v'bein milamata, min milamala lamata, bein milamala lamata, 
But if you have a person, a man or a chicken, ultimately again, whether they jump from the ground to the roof or from the roof to the ground, they're going to be chayiv. They both say, even though they group together, it's two different reasons. The man, because remember again, Adamu Adiolam, a person is always responsible for his actions. And the chicken, ultimately again, apparently chickens, chickens jump both ways. Good to know. Right up, down, down, up, right down, up, and up, down. Fine. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Adam and Tarnagol, Adam inami lav arche likposin matlamala, chayib de'in ba'adam sad tamus, ela behema batarnagol, darkol adalik afil milamatlamala. Okay. So interesting distinction over here. So let's go later. Vatanya, I will say, top of half base. I vatanya, but we learn 22a, first line. Vatanya, hakele vagidi shedalgu bein milamala lamata. Bein milamala, bein milamata lamala, pturin. What's that? You have a brisa. And the brisa says that if you have a dog and a goat that jump and damage, whether they're jumping from, we'll call it the roof to the ground, or from the ground to the roof, they're putter. They're putter. So what's going on over here? So we'll say, first of all, it's a double contradiction. Number one, it contradicts our Mishnah. Number two, it just contradicts the distinction we made before that dogs and goats, it's common for them to jump from a roof to the ground, but not from the ground to the roof. So what's going on over here? Targum Marapapa, the apich meipach. The apich meipach. Turn it around. Kalba bizrika, the apich meipach means they acted in an abnormal way. How so? Kalba bizkira, the gaja bizricha. So we'll say, so listen to this. So apparently, again, the dog ultimately jumped, jumped, and the goat went ahead and clawed its way up. So apparently, it's common for a dog to, to it's common for a dog to claw its way up, less common for it, right, and, and ultimately, again, ka, uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm sorry, right? The, so the, in this case, the gdi clawed its way up, and the dog ultimately went ahead and jumped and jumped. So apparently that's considered to be abnormal behavior for both of these. All right, ihaki, amai pturin. If that's the case, then why are they potter? Remember, at most, when an animal does damage in an abnormal way, what do we call that? Karen. So what do you mean potter? You're right, pturin minezek shalim, vechayavan mechatsi nezek. You're right, when you say potter, potter means you're potter from complete damages, but ultimately, chayiv in half damages. Okay, good. So we'll say, so let's go weiter. Let's go weiter. So next. Hakelev shenatel. So we'll say, so now we're going to deal with the biscuit cold case. Remember again, I both say, let's go back. What did the Mishnah say? My dog took a, took, took a biscuit, took a biscuit, right with a cold on the bottom, goes over to Ruvain's field. What does it do? Eats the biscuit, or places the biscuit down, eats the biscuit, the coal then ignites the field. So what's the halacha? The halacha is, I should say, the coal ignites the gadish. Gadish means like a, like a haystack. Right? So what's the halacha? On the charara, nezek shalim. Why? Shame. Right? And ultimately, again, on the field, chatzin nezek. So we're not sure exactly why they filled chatzin Let's analyze. So we'll say, this is great. Itmar. Rabbi Yochanan Amar. Isho mishum chatzio. Isho mishum mamono. So let's listen to this. We know that I have liability for my fire, right? You saw this first mission of Baba Kama, that ultimately, again, there is, if my fire die, if my fire does damage, there is liability for my fire. So I'll say, here's the interesting Shiloh to contemplate. What is the nature of the liability for my fire? Right, when, when I, when my fire, my, my fire that I created does damage. What's the nature of that? What's the nature of my relationship with my fire? Right, we're all about relationships. Right, so what is the relationship that I have with my fire? Rabbi Yochanan says, my fire is like my arrow. 
right? Just like it will say, if I shoot an arrow and that injures or damages something, that arrow is, is misyachis, it's connected to me because it comes from my force. So just like my arrow is my force, my fire is considered to be like my arrow, my force as well. Reish Lakish says, no, my fire is like my property. Essentially, my fire is like my ox. Just like if my ox does damage, I'm responsible. So if my fire does damage, I'm responsible. We'll say fascinating, right? Absolutely fascinating. So, so, so look at Rashi. So again, according to Biochron, when I ignite my fire and it gets out of my control, that's like shooting an arrow. My power, my koach. And again, Reish Lokish, it's like my shar. Good. So let's go back there. Says the Imar Reish Lokish. Obviously, this is all going to have an impact in terms of how you weigh liability of the, of the coal that ignited the haystack in this case. We're going to have to see how, how all of this plays out. So the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says as follows. Here we go. Reish Lakish, my time alone, Rabbi Yochanan. Reish Lakish, why don't you look Rabbi Yochanan? Reish Lakish holds that your fire is like your ox, like your mamon. Why doesn't you look Rabbi Yochanan that it's like your hates? It's very simple. We'll say, when I shoot an arrow, the, the damaging power of that arrow is a direct result of my koach, right? I pull the bow back further, I pull it back less. I control that, that literally it's it's direct result of my power. So the high, low, mikocho kazel. A fire, a fire has a mind of its own, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Meaning, in other words, yes, I create the fire, but in terms of where the fire goes, how the fire damages the intent, that, I'm not controlling that. That doesn't have. That doesn't have to do with my koach. Rabbi Yochanan. That's why your shakish is Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan. My time alone. Rabbi Yochanan. Why doesn't Rabbi Yochanan hold like Rabbi Yochanan? Amar. So the Gemara says, Amar lecha. Mamona ispe mimasha. You know, my mamon, my property has substance, right? My ox, my 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 goat, my dog, right? They have substance. They have mamashas to it. There's physicality to it. Ha less be mishasha fire doesn't have physicality to it, right? doesn't have something that you can put your arms around. Okay. So we'll say, that's right. Either of them go ahead and agree with each other. Fine. So we'll say, so now, now remember, why is this important? We're, or actually, remember, we're, we, we haven't really gotten into an in-depth discussion about Aish yet, right? We, we still have to, Amir Hashem. We haven't yet. Solomaisa, Solomaisa, the Gemara says, so now, the reason why this is important is because we're going to plug it into our mission. Here we go. Tanan. So remember, yeah, what did our Mishnah say? My dog took a biscuit on the bottom of the biscuit. Well, a coal was attached to it. Put it down on the haystack. Chayiv, nezek shalim for the biscuit. And chazi nezek for the damage. So let's analyze. So we'll say, I understand now, according to the opinion, i.e. Rabbi Yochanan, who says that ish is, is my arrow. So now, we'll say, so now, so we'll say, so now I understand. Because therefore, the fire or the coal, right, the resulting fire after the dog puts down the biscuit, after the cold dog puts down the biscuit, so the fire is considered to be the arrow of the dog. Or in other words, what do we call it? It's called tsroros. It's called tsroros, right? So in other words, the coal, the fire is considered to be the tsroros of the dog, the koach of the dog. And we'll say, remember again, what's tsroros? What's tsroros? Tsroros ultimately, again, is indirect damage caused by the direct force of the animal, 
Well, that would be this case. Here again, the dog picked up the biscuit with the coal, put them, put down the biscuit with the coal. That again ignited everything. That would be called soros. So again, again, according to Yochanan who holds that fire is like your arrow, this would be a case of the arrow of the dog, which we also called soros. That's why the Mishnah says in Chayiv, Chatsi Nezek have damages for any damages caused by the fire. But if you owe that fire, ultimately again is the mamon. Of, of the owner, so remember again, obviously, the dog can't own anything, and Lemaise, again, it's not my fire, it's not my fire, right? it's not my coal, the dog didn't take my biscuit, the dog took someone else's biscuit, right? so Lemaise, again, then the fire doesn't really belong to anyone per se, so Lemaise, again, I'm not going to be chayy for that, in other words, even though my dog put it there, I'm not going to be responsible for that. The Gemara says, "Look, look, Rashi. La mamona de bal kelavu, ela de bal charara." They both say, "Now you could taina. Maybe, maybe the owner of the field has a taina against the owner of the biscuit, right? Because the mice say it's his coal, but as I, the owner of the dog, it's not my coal. It's not my coal." Let's both see here what's happening over here. If you hold that fire is mishum chitzyov, is like your koach, is like your is like your arrow, then the mice say, "When my dog." puts the biscuit with the coal down on Ruvain's field that I'm going to be responsible because essentially it's the tsroros, it's the koach of my animal, which is the tsroros of my animal, but if you all that fire is mamon, is my property, the man said, it's not my fire. It's not my fire, right? It's not my coal, it's not my fire. So if it's not my fire, I don't have any liability for it. Incredible. I'm going to look at Rish Lakish will say, no, 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 what's the case over here? So I'll say the case over here, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Interesting, the case over here is the dog threw the biscuit, ate, ate part of ate the biscuit, and then threw it, right, or threw it, right, threw it onto the Gaddish, onto the haystack. So what's the pshat? So let's listen to this. So ultimately, again, for the for the harar, for the consumption of the biscuit, you're going to pay full damages, which makes sense because the mice again, it is shame. And ultimately, again, for the place of the coal, that you're going to have to pay half damages. kula potter. So I'll say this is so fascinating. So Rish Lakish is going to divide this into three parts. There's three pieces over here. There's the biscuit. There's the area where the biscuit landed and the damage that occurred. And then there's the burning of the rest of the field. So Rish will say like this. We're talking about a case where the dog tossed the biscuit. So for the biscuit itself, Chayiv Nezek Shalim. Because again, it's going to be, it's going to be shame. For the area where the biscuit falls, you're going to be Chayiv, right? You're going to be Chayiv, Chayiv Chatsi Nezek. Why I will say, what is that? Ultimately, again, that's going to be Tzoros. That's going to be Tzoros. But ultimately, again, for the rest of the field, you're going to be Potter. Why? Because Rish Lakish holds Eish Mishum Mamono. Eish is your property. And over here, again, this property is not, the pr- this fire is not the property of the owner of the dog. So he subdivides it into three parts. Look at Rashi. Valgadish Kulei Potter. So this is fascinating. So according to Rishlakish, we have to set up the case. is a case where the dog threw the biscuit. So the biscuit is going to be chayim nezek shalim for shame. Where the biscuit lands, you're going to be chayim for damages because of tsroros. But then the subsequent fire that spreads and destroys, 
There's no liability for the owner of the dog on that. Why? Because ultimately, again, fire is the mamon, is the property of the owner. And again, here, the owner of the dog doesn't own the fire, not going to be hired for subsequent damages. Very interesting. That's how Rishlakish will set up the case. For Rabbi Yochanan, we say, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, no, that's not the case. The case is where the dog placed the biscuit down. And therefore, what? Al-Kharara, it's interesting enough, I will say, on the biscuit and on the place that you place down the biscuit, the damage, the damage established right there, ultimately, again, you'll have to pay, you'll have to pay Nezek Shalim, right? Why? Because I will say, again, that is going to be, that is going to be shame. And according to Yochanan, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, it is going to be uh, Rego. Interestingly enough, for the consumption of the biscuit, shame, for the placement of the biscuit down, that is an activity of daily living, that the animal places its food down. So that is, that is damages done through activities of daily living. What do we call that? Regal. We call that regal. So there's going to be, therefore, again, for the damage done on the area of the placement, it's going to be regal. For the rest of the damage is done, that's called sororos. And therefore, you'll pay half damages for the rest of the field. Incredible, I will say. So I just want to point out just how this plays out. So I will say, so now watch how this machologist plays out very quickly. So again, again, according to Reish Lakish, Reish Lakish who holds Isho Mishum, Isho Mishum Mamono, that your, your Ish is your property. So the way he sets up the case is the dog chucked the right through through the harara and the harara landed. So on the biscuit, you're chayiv nezek shalem because ultimately it's shame. The area where it landed, you're chayiv chatzin nezek because it's sroros. And then the rest of the damage, you're potter. Why? Because it's not, the fire doesn't belong to you, the owner of the dog, and therefore you're going to be potter. According to Yochanan, the case is where you placed down the biscuit, the dog placed down the biscuit on the area of the gadish. So therefore, again, for consumption of the harara, ultimately, chayiv nezek shalim shame. For the area where you placed it down and it damaged, that's damaging activities of daily living, that's regal. And then ultimately, again, for the rest of the field, you will be chayiv chatzin nezek. Why? Because of tzoros. Fascinating. And their entire interpretation of the Mishnah is based on how they viewed the damaging force of Eish. Is Eish considered to be your direct koach? That's going to be Rabbi Yochanan. Or is Eish ultimately, again, a result is your mamon, is considered to be your property, like your ox? That's Reish Lakish. Again, we both say we're not going to resolve that Machlokis now because we're going to deal with that later on. But interesting to see how that, in fact, that, that shapes their interpretation of the Mishnah. Incredible. Tashma. We say some interesting cases over here. Gamaltan, Pishtan. My, my camel is holding flax. Va'avar b'shosarabim. Now my camel is holding flax, going through shosarabim. Nichnesa Pishtan al-Lesoch ha'chanas v'dalko. B'neiro shalchem. He's supposed to let's say my flax extends into the store. Right? Reuven has a store. And extends into his store. Reuven has a candle lit in his store. The candle ignites the flax, the hidlik esabir, and burns down the store. What's the halacha? Pal kamachayv. In that case, I'm chayv. Now, why am I chayv? Right? Negligent loading. Negligent loading. In other words, what am I doing loading my animal in a way in which the flax could extend into a store? Right? So I'm chayv for that. Okay? And you do Omer, this is what I say, incredible. B'ner chanukah, b'ner chanukah, potter. 
However, again, I will say, if, it's so beautiful, no, so beautiful, if my near Hanukkah, right, when's Hanukkah, Hanukkah's two, two weeks from yesterday, two weeks from last night, two weeks from last night is the first near, Amir Sashem. So I will say, so again, so, Baner Hanukkah Potter, now I will say what this means is, if my camel's walking through Surabim, and ultimately again, the, the load is ignited, ultimately again, through the near Hanukkah, then ultimately again, Obi Potter. Okay, so we'll say we'll see that because halacha Maisa, there is a mitzvah to place the Ner Hanukkah outside. Okay, fine. So the Gemara says as follows. Um, oh, I skipped. I skipped the line. I sk- uh, did I skip a line? Yeah. So I understand if you hold that Lamaisa again, fire is your koach, is your, is your arrow. Then it makes sense. Then Lamaisa again, in the case where, in the case where Halacha Lamaisa, my, the load of my camel extended into the store, caused the store to ignite. Right, then again, that's my camel's arrow. I understand that. But if you have Eshu Mishumamono, High Esh Lav Mamono, the Balgamohu. The fire doesn't belong to the owner of the camel. In this case over here, remember again, whose fire was it? Whose fire was it? The store owner's fire. If it's the store owner's fire, then why am I liable? So I will say, interestingly enough, the case over here is, Rashi says, Rashi says, The case over here is where the camel essentially goes ahead and the camel, the camel itself spans the entire store. So therefore, again, what's happening over here is the camel itself is directly igniting everything. So because it's directly igniting, it's not really Ishomishum Mamono. Here again, the camel is directly involved in the damage. To which the Gemara says, If that's the case, Yet we saw in the Seifa that if the the shopkeeper put the fire outside the store, that the Chenveni is Chayiv. If that's the case, so the Gemara says, where the animal is standing still. To which the Gemara says, so that means the animal stood still and kind of simultaneously ignited everything. And I was say, that's more like a case where the animal is directly damaging. All the more so that the Chavani should be Potter. And the owner of the camel should be What's the case? This is interesting. So the case over here is where what? The animal stood still to relieve itself. In other words, apparently animals stand still to relieve themselves. They don't walk and take care of their needs. So Rashi says, Therefore, I will say again, it's a case ultimately again where there's an ones, right? Because the animal stood still, but the animal kind of simultaneously ignited everything. And I just want to point out what's, what's happening over here. Even Reish Lakish who holds that normally your Eish is your Mamon, is your property. And what's the problem is, if Eish is your Mamon, an animal can't have Mamon, right? An animal could have an arrow. In other words, an animal could cause a secondary force. That, that's Soros. An animal can't have Mamon. So therefore, if Eish is Mishum Mamon, then ultimately, again, you're going to have a hard time creating liability 
for H through an animal, right? Do you hear that? Because Momo means property. Property means you have to have a human being who's involved. An animal can't really be involved with that. What Reish Lakish is doing is the case of Sach Secha is essentially is where an animal is right directly involved in the entire damage. In which case, it's not really secondary damage, but it's more like what? Direct damage. Okay, so that's how the Gemara is setting this up. But we'll say, I'm a base, I'm a base. So Reisha, Reisha, in the first case, we'll say, in the first case, right, in the first case, which was talking about the situation where the Nair, the fire itself, is inside of the store. Reisha, Bal Gamal Chayiv. So we'll say, case number one is where, remember again, my, my camel is walking through a Shusarabim and has flax, and the flax extended into Ruvain's store, caught on Ruvain's candle, and ignited the store. In that case, who's Chayiv? I, the owner of the camel, am Chayiv. Why? The Yimar says, Because we'll say, obviously, I overloaded the animal. In other words, when loading your animal, I will say, sometimes, you know, it's interesting. You think that when loading your animal, what do you have to be concerned about? How much could the animal handle? While that's true, what you also have to be concerned about is your animal is going to be traveling through a sarabim. Sometimes it's more, maybe more constricted areas, or there are other animals, or there are stores, and you can't overload your animal in a way that could result in damage. So in case number one, where my flax, the load was, I guess, like so wide that it extended into someone's storefront, then the mice, I have, I, the owner of the animal, have the liability for that. Seifa, in the Seifa case of Osai, which is where what? Seifa is where Ruven, the store owner, left the candle outside. Then in that case, Seifa, the storekeeper is going to be chayv. Why? He should not have gone ahead and kept the candle outside. Fine, so we'll say, so those are the cases. That's it, right? So and I will say, the, the great part, we're going to see this case, the Nechanaga case, I will say, of course, is going to be the exception to this rule. Why? So generally, so generally we, have, we have two essential rules, right? Rule number one is, if, you're, if the load on your animal extends into a shop, into a store, and as a result does damage, you, the owner of the animal, have overloaded your chayiv. Chenveni, shopkeeper, I will say, obviously, you're talking about stores that abut or, or are in the Rosh Hashanah. So shopkeeper, you leave a fire outside, and as a result, again, the load is ignited and burns down the store, does damage, you, the shopkeeper, Achayv, you don't leave fire outside your store, right? The exception to that rule is going to be where? Ner Hanukkah. Because Ner Hanukkah, ultimately, again, there is a mitzvah to place Ner Hanukkah outside. So Mir Hashem, we'll see, uh, we'll see how to deal with that case. Next, now, we'll say, again, just understand why we're we doing all this. Remember, all of this is part of our fundamental machlokes, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, namely about how to deal with Aish. What is Aish? Is Aish considered to be my arrow, my koach, or is Aish considered to be my mom and my property? I will say, you see, tremendous nafkamina is going to be the nafkamina. The nafkamina will be liability, liability for Aish when an animal is involved. That's really what it comes down to, right? If you hold that Aish from Mishim if your fire is your arrow, then you could have Aish liability even through Aish damage caused by an animal, because an animal could have an arrow. What do we call the what do we call the arrow of an animal? What do we call that? Soros. Good. Say, however, if you hold that Aish liability is mammon, is property, an animal doesn't have property, right? And therefore, again, it's going to be difficult to kind of create liability in cases of Aish damage caused by animals. Again, so just kind of keep this in mind. Obviously, we're going to delve fully into the Aish sugi in just a bit. Let's go back to Tashma. Hamad Interesting case here. 
I go ahead and I ignite a field. I want to say, let's say there was a tied up kid, a goat, a goat, right? A goat in the field. And there was an Eved, right? Bless you, an Eved Kinani that was next to the field. And what happened? And the goat, the goat is, the goat is incinerated. And let's say the Eved dies. I'm putter, right? I'm sorry, Chayiv. They will say now again, what am I Chayiv on? What am I Chayiv on? Rashi says, I'm Chayiv on the Gdi, Chayiv for the goat that was killed, and I'm also Chayiv for the field, Bagadish, right? But ultimately, I will say, what am I not Chayiv for? I'm not Chayiv for the Eved. Why am I not Chayiv for the Eved? Why am I Chayiv for the Eved? He should run away. Should run away. We'll say, but so we can look at Rashi this moment. Rashi says, "V'nisraf imo chayiv ha'agdi." I'm chayiv for the goat because it was tied up and couldn't run away. I'm chayiv for the field. The fish ain't lo din misa b'shula eved shaylo livrach. The eved should have run away. We'll say, what a tremendous Moser Haskil. When you see danger, when you see danger, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Run. We'll say, when you see danger, what's the hashkafa? Run. We'll say it's the same thing as we saw before. In life, we know. When I'm, when I'm about to encounter or I'm in the midst of dangerous circumstances. We're talking about spiritually dangerous circumstances. Physically dangerous circumstances, we all know to run. We all know to run. They will say, but when it comes to spiritually dangerous situations, sometimes we think that we could just stay still and nothing is going to happen. They will say, when you see spiritual danger approaching, the most important thing, like Rashi says, is shahaya lo livroach. Run away. Don't allow yourself to be in spiritually compromised situations. Okay, next case. Eved kafoslo ugedi samochlo v'nistraf imo pater. What happens if in the field there's a bound Eved, right? The Eved Kanani is bound in the field and a gedi and a goat that's there, it's next to the field and I burn down the field and now the Eved obviously is killed and the gedi is also killed. What's the halacha? Pater. Now watch this. What does it mean pater? Pater means I'm pater on the field and I'm patra ultimately on the kid, on the gidi, on the goat. Why? Because they're both saying, there's capital liability for killing the Eved. Now remember again, I'm both saying, in any case where there is dual liability, capital liability and financial liability, we have a concept. What's the concept? Kimle bidiralumine. Ultimately again, well essentially because you're liable to a death penalty, so essentially we seize the more severe penalty and you are exempted on subsequent penalties. So anytime you're chayiv, a capital punishment, and along with that also capital li- uh, um, financial liability, the financial liability is set aside and ultimately capital liability remains. So in this case, when I burned down a field and there was a tied up Eved in there, right? And let's say, so I, dis- so I killed the Eved, I destroyed the field, and they also killed the goat. So again, I'm chayif for killing the Eved, capital liability, and therefore exempted from all the financial liability. Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Eved kafos, Okay, that's it. Next. So let's analyze. So I understand, if you hold, that ultimately, again, fire, fire is my arrow. So now we're talking about case number two. So I understand now, fire is my arrow. I understand why I am liable for igniting the field and killing the Eved. And remember again, it's an Eved who's tied up, so he can't run anywhere. So I understand why I'm liable for that. I will say no different. If I take an arrow and I shoot it and I kill someone, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Chas shalom. I'm chayiv. I'm chayiv. So therefore, again, if you hold that fire is my arrow, when I ignite a field and there is a bound evet in there and he dies as a result of my fire, I'm liable. El l'mandomer yishu mishum amai. 
So I say, so again, but I don't understand, if Isho is Mishum Mamono, if my fire ultimately again is what? If my fire is going to go ahead, if my, I'm sorry, if my fire is my Mamon, right? If my fire is my property, then I will say, if my property kills someone, am I Chayif? Am I Chayif? I'm Chayif financially, right? But I'm not Chayif in a capital case. So we'll say it's really a double question. It's a question on both cases because in case number one, there should be liability. And in case number two, ultimately again, there should be financial liability and no capital liability. So the Gemara says, look at Rashi just a moment. So we'll say, So again, if if fire is my arrow, so then I should be, so then I, sh- I understand why I'm liable in case number two. Right? But again, Lamaisa, if you hold Isho Mishum Mamono, that ultimately, again, my fire is my mom and my property, that I both say it's a cash on both cases. Then, number one, I should be hired in case number one. And ultimately, again, there should be no capital liability in case number two. What's the case? Okay, interesting. What's the case? So the case over here is where I ignited the actual body of the Eved. Okay, an extreme case. Right? So in other words, I was going to say this is for illustration purposes only, right? I'm igniting, I was say, so when I ignite the body of the Eved, then I was say, even if you hold Isho Mishum Mamono, right, you're still going to be Chayev capital, right, right, right? You're still Chayev death penalty. Why? Because there, you're causing direct damage. It's similar to what we said before about Misach Sechas, right? The same way that where the camel was causing direct damage. So I was say, it's interesting. According to Rish Lagish, will say, there are obviously cases of Aish where it is like your arrow. That's when you would be, now this is even more than your arrow, this is you directly causing damage. So Rish Lagish will say, the case where you're Chayev, capital liability, for, for killing the Evan with fire, would be when you directly ignited the Evan. Obviously an extreme case to illustrate the point. If that's the case, Mailamemra, so I was like, that's the case, then, then that, that's obvious, right? What else is there to say? So this is interesting. What are we talking about over here? We're talking about a case over here where ultimately in this situation, the, the goat belonged to one person and the Eved belonged to a different person. I will say, isn't this interesting? So the Gedi belonged to one person, the Eved belonged to a different person. So the Gemara says, now, we'll say, now, now, now what, what does that mean? The Gemara says, I might have thought as follows. I might have thought that the concept of Kimle Bidrabimine only applies when, saying, when both things belong to the same person, right? So for example, I go ahead and I burn down Ruvain's field and kill his Eved. So now that there's dual liability to Ruvain, Kimle Bidrabimine says, capital liability sets aside financial liability. But maybe if the capital liability, you know, the Eved belongs to one person, the field belongs to a second person, Maybe we don't say Kimlein B'dirab right? Maybe again, since it's two different liabilities to two different people, maybe I'm chayy. Both k'mash no. Good. Tashma, hashlech hasabi ira b'yacheri shota v'katan. We'll say, if I give a fire over in the hand of a cheresh shota and a katan, ultimately again, so we'll remember again, these are all people who lack das. So let's say I go ahead and I give over the fire to one of these people. What's talacha? Pater midine adam v'chayiv bedine shamayim. Ultimately, again, I will say, I am Pater Bedine Adam. Ultimately, again, I'm exempt. I'm exempt in the Beisdin. But ultimately, I'm Chayiv in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All right. 
Because if you hold that Ish is my arrow, then when I give over the fire to the Khiru Shot of a cotton, whose arrow is it? Whose arrow is it? It's their arrow. It's their arrow. And obviously, again, I'm not liable for what they do with their arrow. Rather, Gemara says, however, but if you hold it ultimately again, Ish is my property, Ish is my mamon, then I'll say, Ilu Masr Shoro. Well, so what happens if I gave over my ox to a cheres shot of a cotton? What would happen in that situation? I'd be chayiv because it's my property that's doing damage. So if my fire is my property, there should be liability in this case as well. So when are you exempt for a fire? That's if you went ahead and you gave the cheri shot of a cotton a coal, and then they fanned the coal. Because then ultimately, again, it's their liability. Aval, But ultimately, again, if you gave them an actual flame, then they would be chayiv. Right? My time, but what's the reason? Bari hezeka. Ultimately, again, because halacha they are creating direct damage. Bari hezeka means you're giving them something that is an actively damaging force. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan will say, Afilu shal heves pater. Even if you give them a flame, it's going to be pater. Why? Kasarit safsa dechirish kagarim. Halacha it's the grasp of the cherish that's causing the damage. In other words, even with a flame, a flame by itself doesn't cause damage. It still requires human intervention. Lo mechayiv, lo mechayiv, gavza silsa ushraga. Ultimately, again, you won't be chayiv until you give them literally, again, gavsa silsa shraga means literally dry wood, dry wood, small little, small little splinters of wood, and ultimately, again, a fire itself. That is going to be ultimately, again, what causes liability. So we'll stop over here for today, and we're going to pick up a Mir Hashem tomorrow. Again, continuing the same Achlokis. We'll say all of this is the same Achlokis of Yochanan and Reish Lakish. What is the nature of the liability of fire? Is fire considered to be your arrow, your koach? Or is fire considered to be your property, your mamon? We'll see all now all of the nafkaminas. And may I say, shkoyach.